I want, I want, I want, me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know, you're responsible for what you hear. You know, you're responsible for what you hear. Greetings and welcome to Thoughts from Meharry Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 79 of Thoughts from Meharry Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about the brown shirts and political violence. So last night, there was a big riot in Berkeley, California, uh, surrounding an event that was scheduled for Milo Yiannopoulos. He was supposed to speak on the campus. Um, If you're not familiar with Milo, I will put a link to his website, and you can check him out. He's a very popular figure on the so-called alt-right. And uh, he was supposed to speak, but there was a big melee. The university, according to CNN, blamed, quote, 150 masked agitators for the unrest, saying they had come to campus to disturb an otherwise peaceful protests. Uh, During this uh, melee, I like that word, melee, they threw commercial-grade fireworks and rocks at police. Some hurled Molotov cocktails that ignited fires. They smashed windows of the Student Union uh, Center on the Berkeley campus where Yiannopoulos was supposed to speak. And eventually Milo did cancel that event. At least six people were injured and some were actually attacked by the agitators. You can see videos that have popped up on social media showing uh, people getting punched. Now, some people are going to argue that the protesters were just a minority, and, and in the CNN reporting, you see the college trying to make that case, and that the general protest was peaceful, and that most people don't approve of this kind of violence. And okay, that may be true, but a lot of folks on the left like what the violence gets them. When the announcement came out that Milo had officially canceled the event, Deborah Messing tweeted in all caps, Resistance works. Hashtag resist. Hashtag never stop. Now, I guarantee you, Milo wouldn't have canceled if it was just a bunch of people out there peacefully marching around in the street and chanting. It was the violence and the threat of harm that caused the event to be canceled. So these people might tell you that they disapprove of these tactics, but they darn sure like the results. So these masked agitators dressed in all black, and and we've seen them at other protests around the country. We saw them in D.C. after the Trump inauguration. They're calling themselves Antifa or anti-fascists. They used to be called uh, anarcho-communists, and sometimes you just hear them called anarchists. But basically, they're a bunch of socialists and communists. And all of this has some eerie parallels to history in Germany. 
in the 1920s and 30s. Yes, I'm going there. I'm going to talk about Nazis. Now, I know it's bad form to compare anything to the Nazis, but I'm not trying to be shocking or use hyperbole. There's actually some really interesting similarities between the political dynamics that were prevalent in the Weimar Republic and uh, what we're seeing now, particularly this battle between nationalists and communists. I think it's important to point out that both sides of this equation in Germany were strictly speaking, socialists. There's a tendency to think of fascism and socialism as totally opposites. They really aren't. Now, there's certainly differences, but really when you boil it all down, fascism is essentially socialism with a nationalist spin, and in some cases, ethnic identity politics thrown into the mix. Uh, A lot of the economic policies and and whatnot, you will find a lot of similarity between uh, socialism and, and fascism. But ultimately, it's all just a battle for control and power, and these groups clashed violently in Germany as the Nazis rose to power. And I think it's fair to say that the left in the United States and the Trumpsters today occupy some similar space. They're all statists. They all want government to impose their vision of the world on America, but they have different visions of the world, and they are certainly clashing. Now, it's interesting. I've heard some people on the right compare uh, the socialists to the brown shirts uh, of Nazi fame. But the brown shirts were actually supporters of Hitler who organized as a response to socialist rioting at Nazi political rallies. In the early days of the Nazi party, these communists or reds would disrupt gatherings, shout down speakers, and generally create havoc. Does that sound familiar? A popular communist slogan at the time was, clobber the fascists wherever you meet them. So informal groups began to form to protect these Nazi meetings. Of course, these confrontations often erupted in violence, and eventually these informal gangs evolved into an official organ of the Nazi party. The organization was officially called Strubbeteilung, which literally means storm detachment, and it was often referred to simply as the S.A., It functioned basically as the original paramilitary wing of the Nazi party. So where did the name brown shirts come from? Well, brown shirts happened to be really cheap. They were leftover surplus from World War I, so they became the official uniform of the SA. The brown shirts really came into their own in 1921. On uh, November 4th, there was a large Nazi party meeting in Munich, and uh, it attracted many Reds and other Uh, socialist and communist enemies of the Nazi party. And after Hitler spoke, the meeting erupted into a violent melee in which a small company of SA thrashed the opposition. The Nazis called this event the Saalschlacht, which means meeting hall battle. And this was kind of how the brown shirts uh, became very popular. It became almost this mythological event. Now, these clashes between the brown shirts and the socialists and the communists continued to uh, escalate and grow as the Nazi party gained power. And uh, I found a book that actually describes a uh, kind of a riot at a Nazi meeting in Hamburg. I think it was in about 1930. And I'm just going to read a selection from that, and it'll give you an idea of, of just how violent these meetings were. And I want you to think about this in terms of what we're seeing today. 
So this is, I, I love the way this is written. It's pretty cool. It says, the red marines have arrived. One after another, they enter the hall, a long chain. They talk a little, say little. Tall chaps, fists of iron, splendid men, the best of Hamburg's communist party, idealists as the astonished men of the SA can see, the best blood of the German working class, no rabble, no mob, workers. Protected by the Red Marines, the rabble follows. The Red Marines themselves shove them out of the hall. They want nothing to do with these boys of the working class rabble, but a bunch of them remain. So you can see where this is going. The uh, communists try to disrupt the meeting, and it ends up being this huge fight. And this is how uh, it was described. The leader of the Red Marines, covered with blood, sees that the battle is lost. He gives up. His men fought like lions. Scarcely 20 of the 100 are unwounded. The others lie groaning on the floor, between broken chairs, shattered tables, between glass and blood and dust, one next to the other. The SA and the SS are bleeding too, but they had the better idea, and therefore the stronger will, the greater strength the wilder courage. A whistle blows, the signal for the Red Marines to retreat. They escape through the window, chased by the SA and the SS. The battle is over. The decision is clear. The worker medics carry the wounded out. No Nazi hinders them. So the bottom line is the left is playing a dangerous game here with these violent protests. Trump supporters aren't going to sit around and get punched forever. And I wonder how long it will be until we start seeing violent responses to the violence. After all, a favorite brown shirt slogan was terror must be broken by terror. And the left would do well to remember that the current administration controls, you know, the police. If you want a police state in the United States, this is a really good way to get one. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please do me a favor and spread the word. And make sure you head over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast for free. If you have any thoughts or ideas or just want to say howdy, send me an email to michael.meharry at 10 Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.